You're listening to the New Hope Church podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spade. My name is Randy. I'm one of the pastors here at New Hope. First things first, thank you so much for praying for my daughter this week. She's doing great. Um, Last night, she got out of the ICU. She's in a regular room. She's uh, vertical, taken nourishment, and doped up. So uh, everything, everything is good. And I just literally, uh, 10 minutes ago, got a text from her. All of the tubes are out. So there is nothing that restrains her. I expect her to make an escape attempt this afternoon. We're going to go there to try to make sure that she actually sticks around for a little bit. Um, she and we are hoping for a Wednesday release. And I'm sure there will be physical therapy. But thank you for praying for her. God answers prayer. That's why we do this. That's why there's a prayer chain. Because God indeed does answer prayer. Thank you for praying for her. Today we're going to continue talking about Joseph's life. Throughout his life he was handed a fistful of lemons. And he managed to do amazingly well with what was sent his way. A couple of weeks ago, we looked and we saw how Joseph grew up in a truly dysfunctional family. Uh, It was full of parental favoritism. He happened to be the favorite, which made him not quite so favorite with his brothers, who sold him into slavery. Uh, That's one way of dealing with uh, sibling rivalry, isn't it? The next week, uh, we saw how he stood up to his boss's wife and had to resist her advances. We learned that week the brace method for resisting temptation. you remember what that is? Do you remember what the B was? Come on now. Breathe. The R? Remember. Yeah. Go to verses. Look at the verses. What was the A? Ask God for help. C? Call a friend. Call somebody. You don't need an answer to a million dollar question, but you do need somebody standing with you. And E? Runaways. Escape. Yeah. The brace method for resisting temptation. Then last week, Matt led us through the whole story of Joseph. And we saw how Joseph throughout his life chose to respond to the lemons that were handed him instead of reacting to them. We learned that we need to do the same. Well, our story this week starts with Joseph now in prison. So let's start to read Genesis 
39:19. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. Lies, but Potiphar believed his wife. So he took Joseph and he threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. What an interesting story. Now, as I read through this story, I began to see some amazing parallels between what happened to Joseph in Potiphar's house and now what happens to Joseph in prison. It started with some small things. I noticed that Potiphar is called the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard, the captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Do you know what the Hebrew for warden is? He is the captain of the prison. So they're both captains. Joseph was then put in charge of the house of his master. And what the text literally says is that later in prison, he was put in charge of the house of the prison. Now, when I saw that, that alerted me, hey, there's some parallels going on here. There's some, some similarity here. So I started to look, and guess what I found? There are all kinds of parallels. In fact, almost the entire story of Joseph in prison comes straight from the story of Joseph in Potiphar's house. We read in 39.2 that the Lord was with Joseph. Well, guess how the story of Joseph in prison started out? The Lord was with Joseph. Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight. And then later on, he found favor in the sight of the captain of the, of the prison, the chief jailer. Then both Potiphar and the warden put Joseph in charge. Potiphar put Joseph in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. The warden, the captain of the prison, put Joseph in charge of the house of the prison. And New Living Translation says of everything that happened in the prison. And Joseph is successful in everything that he does. 39.2, he succeeded in everything he did. 39.23, the Lord caused everything he did to succeed. As a result, in the first story, Potiphar had no more worries. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing. In prison. The warden had no more worries. 
How these stories are meant to be read together. They belong to each other. In these stories, we see parallel accounts. What the author of Genesis is trying to get across to us is that Joseph has a very consistent trait. The Lord is with him. He gains favor with men. Men put him in charge. He succeeds and they are able to rest. But there's one difference in the second story. And it's this tiny little phrase in verse 20. The Lord showed Joseph his faithful love. Now Matt mentioned this last week. We're going to dive a little bit deeper in that. In fact, if you're interested, we're actually going to write the Hebrew word up on the screen. The word is chesed. And it's a word that's very hard to translate. Sometimes it's translated kindness, loyalty, grace, mercy, love, faithful love like it is here, or unfailing love. But what Matt said last week is absolutely true. Chesed, this word, this characteristic, is what God shows to us who are in a covenant relationship with him. God wants us to receive his mercy. Now Joseph would have heard about the covenant from his father Jacob who heard about it from Isaac, who heard about it from Abraham. That covenant was carried on down all through those men. In fact, Joseph's father, Jacob, had a dream of God as he was going to meet Joseph's mother in the land of Laban. And there God renewed his covenant with him. But what was the covenant? Genesis chapter 12. The Lord appears to Abraham and he says to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse anyone who curses you or treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now Abraham received this. He communicated that to his son who told his son about that, and his son told Joseph about that. Joseph knew the covenant, and he knew that God would treat him with mercy. Now amazingly, a couple of chapters later, God renews his covenant with Abraham. And in that passage, he says, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. Where's Joseph? He's living in a foreign land. He doesn't know anybody, so he's a stranger, and he has been a slave. I can't help but think that somewhere in Joseph's mind, he was thinking, is God at work in all of this? Is God doing something special through me? 
Another principle of God's unfailing love, of the mercy that he shows to us, is this. God shows us his mercy so that we will then turn around and show that mercy to others. Genesis chapter 21. Abimelech is talking to Abraham. And Abimelech said, swear to me in God's name that you'll never deceive me, my children, or any of my descendants. As I have been loyal to you, you should be loyal to me. To the country where you're a resident alien. We receive mercy as a result of the covenant. And then we give that mercy away. We take God's mercy on us. And then we reflect that mercy to those who are around us. Now that's the secret of Joseph's success. That's why he had success in everything that he did. Because he reflected God's mercy. What he had received from God, he turned around and he gave away to those who were around him. That's what it means to be in a covenant with God. Joseph understood that and he lived his life in light of that reality. This is so very different from what's going on in the world. In the world today, we're told, hey, you're perfect just the way you are. We're told, hey, you be you. You do you. Go out and be yourself. There's just one problem with that. We are a piece of work. We are horribly twisted and flawed. If I go out and be me, it will not be pretty. Because that's who I am. And that's what the Bible says. We are sinful. Paul says in Romans, there's nobody who's good. There's nobody who's righteous. Not a single one. Only Jesus. The world kind of figures that out. So when people inevitably mess up after being told, you, you just be you, you just go and do you, they do and things come crashing down around them and what do they say? Well, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah, that's just who you are. And God wants so much more for you and from you. God wants to give you his mercy. And then God wants you to turn around and be merciful to those around you. God wants to give you his kindness. Then he wants you to turn around and be kind to the people who are around you. God wants to give you his love. 
so that you can turn around and reflect that love to others. In fact, in 1 John, John says exactly that. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Because we're such great people? No! Exactly the opposite. We are corporately a piece of work. We love because he first loved us. God loves us and we receive that love and we accept that love and we learn from that love and then God says, now, you go out and love others. Love them in that very same way. God invites us to reflect the nature of the covenant relationship that we have with him. Last week, we learned that we are to respond rather than react. This week, we learned that we are to reflect God rather than resign ourselves to our own nature. Respond rather than react. Reflect rather than resign. We find this all throughout the New Testament, time after time. Jesus tells us, the apostles tell us, we are to become like Jesus. We are to live like him. We are to reflect his character. Now it's clearest, I think, in 2 Peter, there. In the very first chapter, the opening words of 2 Peter, Peter says, because of his glory and his excellence, and he's given us great and precious promises. Promises, that's kind of Peter's code word for the covenant. Because of God's love, he's entered into a covenant with us. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Whoa. Whoa. Did you see that? Can you read what it says? These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. We are to share God's nature and escape the world's corruption because of human desires. Now Peter wants to make sure that we catch this. And so he gives us detail. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Reflect the divine nature rather than resigning yourself to your own nature. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Moral excellence with knowledge. Knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance, supplement that with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and supplement your brotherly affection with love for everyone.
Eight characteristics there. Peter says that's God's character. That's supposed to be our character too. We are to reflect God's character rather than resign ourselves to our own character. We're not supposed to say, hey, that's just who I am. Instead, we should be saying, oh no, this is who he is. I need to learn that. I need to do that. Now the band's going to come back up. And in just a few minutes, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. It is significant that when Jesus introduced the Lord's Supper to the disciples, he started with the cup and he said, this cup is the blood of the new covenant. We are still in a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus. It looks different. It is new. It's not like the old one. It's brand new. It's different. But it's still a covenant relationship in which he shows us his mercy and asks us to reflect that mercy to others. So, let's take a look at those eight characteristics again. Faith. Morality. Knowledge. Self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly affection, love. Take a look at those eight characteristics and ask yourself the question, what do you need to work on? Out of these eight things, I don't know, I look at that, I probably have five or six, and truth be told, I probably need to look at all eight. What do you need to work on today? Out of the things that you need to work on today, pick one. What one thing do you need to change? Got something? Ask yourself the question, who will you ask to keep you accountable? Here at New Hope, we practice open communion. That means you do not have to be a member of New Hope to participate in the Lord's Supper. You do, however, need to be in that covenant relationship with him. Think about those three questions. What do you need to work on? What one thing are you going to do? Who are you going to have hold you accountable? And when you're ready, please come forward. Receive the bread and the juice as a sign 
of your covenant relationship with Him. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.